I do bite his head off, but he's just very generous and very kind with his words. Hey, give someone a high five as you take your seats this morning. We're not in COVID anymore. That's okay. We can do it. (laughs) It is so awesome to be here with you all this morning. Uh, It's always such a privilege to take the platform and to share God's word uh, today. So I hope that you are locked and loaded for week three of Numero Uno. When I think about putting God first, putting him numero uno in my life, I think of obedience. And one childhood story comes to mind. So it's childhood story time. Uh, We were living in Canungra at the time as army brats. That's the Gold Coast hinterland, for those who don't know. Uh, And uh, and we were um, uh, having, it was a Saturday afternoon, not much to do. uh, And my sister and I... My sister's really the troublemaker of the family. Uh, so I put it down to her. Um, my sister and I and a few friends decided that we were going to make the trek from the barracks into town. Uh, now, for those who have been to Canungra, there's quite a distance between the barracks and town uh, through uh, wilderness uh, and a bit of a mountain trek, really. It's about half an hour walk. And I was in primary school, so I was a little tyke. Uh, and this was pre-mobile phones. Uh, and there was just a general understanding that you don't do this this walk without an adult, without an adult present. Uh, But we thought we could try and just get away with this. Uh, And so we told our friend's mum that our mum was taking us into town. And we told our mum that our friend's mum was taking us into town. So both were unaware uh, and we started to make the trek into town. Uh, And we loved it. Uh, We got to town safely uh, and uh, we were just enjoying ourselves. Much to our absolute um, dismay and disgust, later on in the day, we see the mums talking. They had somehow made their way into town uh, and they were having a conversation. And you know what? It's actually quite hazy what happens next. Um, <laughs> uh, I cannot honestly remember. Uh, I should just check this with mum one day. I cannot remember what was the result of that conversation, whether they just realised, they found out, uh, and they just put it down to youthful foolishness and went, well, they're safe, it's okay, um, no no harm, no foul, uh, or if we actually got reprimanded and I blocked it from my memory. I honestly can't um, remember. But what I do remember is that sinking feeling in the depths of my gut of, oh no, I've done something that I shouldn't have done. I've done something against the rules. I've done something that my mum said, don't do. I have disobeyed my mother. Uh, And it was the worst feeling. And I still remember that feeling right here, right now. So I think about obedience and I think about disobedience. And I have found that disobeying God or not doing what God has asked me to do can kind of feel like that sometimes, that sinking feeling of something's not right. I just, I'm, I'm uneasy, I'm unsettled because I'm just not doing what God has asked me to do. Or the other, I am doing exactly what God has asked me not to do. <laughs> uh, and I think in this last week of numero uno, I just want to talk about something that that's close to my heart, and that's putting God's word and his will first in our lives. Because I have found in my short 27 years of walking with Jesus, not 27 years old, I'm not claiming that. (laughs) You all thought, hang on, what is she saying? 27 years of walking with Jesus, uh, that being obedient to his will and his word is the best and most fulfilling way to live. Uh, God says to his people in Isaiah 1, 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. 
And I have found this absolutely 100% in my life. Uh, when I applied for my pastor's credential back in 2013, one of the questions was, uh, what do you see, what dreams and visions do you have for your ministry life? And I wrote, I have none. Uh, and uh, th- thankfully, uh, they kept reading because I continued to say um, that I just see my life in ministry as a series of yeses to whatever God has in front of me for that season, for that time. I didn't have this 10-year plan. I didn't have it all mapped out. I just said, you know what? My life has just been obedience and I see ministry as nothing different. Uh, And when you do that, when you say, you know what, God, my life is yours, I want to listen to your word, I want to listen to your will, you become a servant of God, someone who is in the service of God. And so really what I'm encouraging encouraging all of us to do this morning, uh, to be numero uno in putting God first, is to become servants of God which is so much more than just following him, so much more than cracking open your Bible at Christmas or coming to church every now and then, uh, so much more than just following, uh, following him. It's actually saying, God, my life now is yours. And we're going to look at a few quick examples from Scripture of people whose lives uh, just showed obedience time and time again, because there actually are only a few people that God called by name as servants in the Scripture. And no wonder, you look at their lives and there's just this pattern of obedience over and over again, more often than not. I should say that because did they get it right all the time? No. Do I get it right all the time? No. But our hearts are willing and wanting to do what God says. So our first one is Abraham, uh, one of the most pinnacle um, people of the Old Testament. God says of Abraham in Genesis 26.5, Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. Then God calls him his servant later on when speaking to Isaac in the same chapter 26 in verse 24. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will bless you and increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Now a few acts of obedience that come to mind with Abraham's life is God asked Abram, which is um, what he was known back then, when he was 75 years old, to uproot his whole family, leave his home and go and dwell in the promised land where he would make him a great nation. And he obeyed. Can I just make a side observation here? 75, like 75 years old. And God said, this is what I have for your life. You're never too old to obey God. And you're never too old for God to give you a purpose and a plan to do something. As long as you are earthside people, God's got something for you to do. And that is an encouragement for every single one of us. Again, in Abraham's life, God asked him to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, the one that he promised. And he obeyed in his heart. Yes, he was standing there over Isaac, ready to do the deed, knife in hand. But God spoke, stopped him, provided a ram. But in his heart, that boy was dead. In his heart, he had already obeyed God. Incredible acts of obedience. Then we go through to Moses, Numbers 12, 7. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. A couple of things from Moses' life. He asked Moses to free the people from Egypt. We've all seen the Prince of Egypt, yes? It's kind of dated now, but it's such a great animation. And to lead them into the promised land. And he obeyed. God then asked Moses to implement the law, the Ten Commandments, with their Israelites, which is just a huge deal. 
and he obeyed. Our last one, David, 2 Samuel 7, 5. Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. And you can see all through David's life, God speaking to him directly, God speaking to him through the prophets or through the ephod. Anybody know what an ephod is? Not many here. Oh, yeah, that's a little shy hand in the front row. It was like an old uh, a, a priestly garment that they would wear to try and determine uh, the will of God before the Holy Spirit actually indwells us. Because now we just have the Holy Spirit to help us work out the yes and the no of God. But back then they relied uh, on the priests who heard from God through using this ephod. And David did that amongst all the other ways that he heard from God on the big and the small things. Go and attack this clan, God would say. Go that way. Do this thing. Approach the situation like this. And David obeyed. Then, of course, we have the OG, our original servant, Jesus, who came to serve the will of the Father and willingly, voluntarily give his life on the cross as the ultimate demonstration of obedience. Philippians 2.7, Paul says, Christ emptied himself by assuming the form of a bond servant. We'll come back to that soon. And being made in the likeness of men, he became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. Now, bondservant is an interesting term. It's how so many of the New Testament authors actually introduced themselves uh, in their letters in the New Testament. Paul, James, Peter, Jude, and even the Apostle John introduced themselves as bondservants of Christ. According to the Strong's Concordance, the Greek term, and you can correct me, Irene, if I get this pronunciation incorrect, the Greek term is doulos, you can talk to me later, um, <laughs> meaning someone who belongs to another, a bond slave without any ownership rights of their own. Now, many of you could be sitting there and cringing and saying, I am no slave, I am no slave to nobody. But according to uh, the Strong's Concordance, ironically in the New Testament, bond slave is actually a highly dignified term. Uh, it actually refers to believers who willingly live under Christ's authority as his devoted followers. It's actually a willing heart that says, you know what, not my will, Jesus, but your will. And this is the kind of servant that all of these heroes of the faith were. And this is the kind of servant that I want to be in my life. One that contently and willingly lives under Christ's authority. What he says I should do for work. Where he thinks I should live. Who he thinks I should be in a relationship with. What he says I should do with my money. How he thinks I should handle situations. Willingly coming under Christ's authority. And I believe I'm with a group of people who are willing and wanting to do the same thing. So let's talk now about what we mean about being uh, obedient to his word and his will so that we can be these bond servants that we see in scripture. Let's talk about the word. Uh, we've got two parts to this. We've got the word, which is God's general word to you, which is the Bible. Who brought their hard copy OG Bible with them this morning? Wave it around like you're proud because you bought the hard copy Bible. Yes, well done. I never bring this thing. Like it sits at home because I rely on this thing or I rely on my phone, which you know, people, it is the Bible still. So it's okay. There are no haters. There is no separation or distinction in Christ. We are all 
one, right? Um, But I do love cracking open my hard copy Bible in the morning for devotions. There's just something about, you know, the actual hard copy thing. Uh, But the Bible itself, God has given us his word um, to help us navigate life, to help us know him and to help us know who we are in him. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. However it works for you, can I encourage you, get into your Bible. Whatever works for you, whatever method, whatever format, just get into it, people. Get to open book on Tuesday night. I am looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Use the Bible Project resources. There's so many good resources out there. Work with the devotion. Listen to the audio Bible. Grab a graphic novel version. Uh, Talk to us. Get to a connect. However it works, get into your Bible because you will have answers. You will have direction. You will have encouragement in here. It is God's general word to you. But then he's also got his word to us. So this is when God specifically speaks a word to you, spoken through the Holy Spirit. And one of the best, this is one of the best miracles of the new covenant age, is that the Holy Spirit moved into our hearts, he permanently lives there, and he talks to us. He speaks to us all the time. Take a moment now, just a moment, just a few seconds to recall those times or one time where God spoke to you. He spoke specifically into your heart. Have you had those times? If you haven't yet had those times, I'm excited for you because they are available to you because the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. It's often in your own voice, like it doesn't come over like a Morgan Freeman, like it's your voice. (laughs) Uh, It's your voice and in the quietest moments, like out of the blue. And telltale signs that it's him, there's a peace. A peace comes when he speaks to you. There's a permanence, like it it just doesn't go away. It It seems to come up all the time. It's profound, way above your pay grade, something that you could never think of. Uh, And it's personal, it's relevant, it's something um, directly to your situation in real time. And whatever he says to you will line up with this. He will never contradict his written general word to you. So it will always line up. And this is your saving grace in your season, church, 100%. I can attest to countless times where I have faced a decision or I have been in a difficult time and God has spoken a relevant word to me and it has stayed me through that storm. Uh, I remember a few years ago, uh, we were away at the Sunshine Coast for a conference uh, and I was learning again uh, contentment in my singleness because, you know, we go around these mountains, don't we? Whatever it is that we're dealing with, um, we think that we've dealt with it and then we go around the mountain again. And I was learning contentment again in my singleness. This was a few years ago and I was staying at a lovely hotel and my room had a view of the Glasshouse Mountains. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? Sounds dreamy. Well, I was disappointed because I wanted an ocean view. Uh, and at the time, I, I was not financially um, able to to make that uh, cost choice. So I went the Glasshouse Mountain View, and it was lovely. Truly, it was lovely. But I could not help fighting that disappointment in my heart of, man, but it's not the ocean. <laughs> it's just not the water. And I remember standing at the lift, uh, ready to go to a session, and I wasn't even thinking about my singleness. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was looking at the mountains and just going, they are lovely. And God just dropped us a, a word into my heart. And he said, it's not wrong. It's not bad. It's just different. 
Now, who knows he wasn't talking about mountains uh, at that time. He was talking to me about my life, where God had me, uh, where he had positioned me in that season. And he was encouraging me uh, not to grow weary. (laughs) Uh, And he was encouraging me um, to stay the course, to not look to the left or to the right or to anybody else's life, but to say, hey, it's not wrong. It's not bad. It's just different. Uh, And that word has been such an encouragement to me uh, since. Ever since then, it just comes around again. And that's what his word to you, his specific word to you does. Uh, It will keep you in and it will propel you into his will. So we're going to break down now his will. Hope you're staying. Hope you're keeping up with me. Don't forget you can follow along on the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, It's all there. Uh, We've got God's perfect will, which is the plan that God has prepared for your life, uh, which again comes in two parts. We've got God's general will, which is to become more like Christ. This is for every single believer, to love like he did, to live like he did. You can jot these scriptures down. We're not going to go into them. Romans 8, 29 and 1 John 2, 6. So that's his general will um, for all of us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. But then he's got a specific will for each and every single one of us, a specific plan that God has prepared for your life. You think you've got a good solid 5, 10, 15 year plan? Well, God will do you one better. He's got one for your whole life. Every living, breathing day of your life, God has planned for you. It's wonderful, it's unique, and it's custom made just for you. Hebrews 10, 36 Hebrews 13, 20 to 21, and Ephesians 2, 10. But I think God rolls out his specific plan for us in stages. It's way too much for us to know in totality what God has planned for us. So for our sakes, he breaks it up and chunks it up into little bite-sized packages, uh, which is why it's so important to ask him, to ask him and involve him in your decisions for life, because he could just be ready to reveal the next step to you, uh, but are we listening? So this specific will for God, that God has for our lives. But we don't actually have to ask God um, for a specific will to follow his general will. I don't have to uh, fast and pray for a week to, fa- to ask God, should I be kind today? <laughs> um, should I have patience today? I don't have to put the sackcloth and ashes on to say, God, should I be generous today? Should I be hospitable today? That's his word and his will to us every day, people, like every day. But what we do wait for is this specific will. Who's good at waiting? Anybody? No. (laughs) None of us are really good at waiting without the Holy Spirit's help. And sometimes when we're waiting for this specific will, whatever it might be, a particular decision or a way that we should go, uh, and we're waiting for that confirmation, we can get bored or frustrated or uh, dismissive or disillusioned, and we can choose our own adventure. This is where permissive will steps in. God's permissive will. It's the plan that God works with when you exercise your free will. Pretty much Romans 1, the whole chapter, but specifically 24 and 25. In his absolute kindness, God allows us free will. 
what, a, what an amazing choice we have. It's terrifying uh, and it's a responsibility, but what a freedom we have to make this free will. He has a plan for us, but he's not going to force it down our throats. He guides us and he gives us every opportunity to follow his perfect will for our lives, but never relegates us to the back seat because he wants us to willingly and voluntarily serve him. Remember that definition of the bond servant, willingly living under Christ's authority as his devoted followers. And I have been caught up in his permissive will more times than I would like to admit, church. (laughs) How do I know? Because deep down, I've not had a piece about it. I've had no confirmation from here, from this word, nothing to back it up. Uh, I hesitate praying about it because I think I know what God is going to (laughs) say. When I've talked with leadership, they've thrown up red flags. All of these things should divert me from permissive to to perfect. Um, But I would be lying to say that every single time it did. (laughs) Uh, It's not a fun place to be in his permissive will because it is hard going. And I have come to love and trust his perfect will for my life. And I have such a heart to follow at every opportunity I can because I know how much of a blessing it is to me. And I know how much uh, God helps me to walk that path. And so I'm going to throw out some practical things this morning because we do want this to be practical. We don't want it just to be a lot of teaching, but some things that you can take away uh, and do in your own life. These things have helped me in my journey of obedience and the continued journey of obedience because we never arrive until we get uh, heaven side. Um, but these things have helped me uh, do uh, prioritize God's will and his word in my life. You ready for these? So how do we prioritize obedience to his word and his will in our lives? First one is make time. Spend time with God. That has been a repeat message through this whole series, actually. Pastor Brennan talked about it. Pastor Jenny talked about it. Make time. Spend time with God. This is our foundation, church. Read and study his word. Make time. Spend time with him intentionally. Carve it out of your day every day. That's right. I said every day. I 100% get that life can be full. And I mean, we're six weeks away until the end of the year. Aren't your calendars just nuts by now? Um, But carve out time every day. Because when our lives are his, oughtn't we be asking him how he would like us to live them today? Not just this year, but every decision, every moment in our day. Make time, church. I can't stress this enough. Whatever that looks like for you, you might go on nature walks. You might sit, sit down with your Bible in a hammock. Uh, you might, whatever it looks like, make time for you for God. It might be five minutes. It might be fifty minutes. But spend that time. Also, it's it is a time. Make intentionally that time. But it's also all the time. Have this listening heart for God to speak to you at the shops, for God to talk to you when you're uh, at the gym, because God will um, take time to speak to you because he is interested in your life and he wants you to follow his perfect plan for your life um, even more than you do. Be ready, be open. He's not a chatty Cathy. He's not going to talk like all the time and you're just going to be like, God, okay, enough, I'm, re- I'm done. Um, but he has things to say. Are we listening? Make time, make time and spend time with God. Then let's make some plans. Get ready. Obedience is active. Like the word is great, but put some legs to this thing. The action might be chill, 
Like God might be saying, actually, it's time for you to rest now. So put your feet up and just enjoy my presence. Awesome. Or the action might be charged. No, now is the time to step forward and to make way. If he's asked you to do some study, look at the diary and finances. Don't just talk about it. Put some action to it. If he's asked you to start a relationship, have those conversations. If he's asked you to end a relationship, don't delay. If he's asked you to wait, get comfortable and learn contentment. Make those plans. Get ready. Put some action to your obedience. The last two is the team come. Make room. Manage your soul and your body. Oh, this is a big one. We've already talked uh, about spirit. We talk a lot at Civic about spirit, soul, body. And spirit is when, uh, spirit's the, the heart part of us that God communes with. It's the part, our, our eternal part of our whole being. And we've talked about that with spending time with God. But our soul and our body are important too. Because we've got to manage that so we can position our spirit in the very best place to hear what God is saying and to walk out what God is asking us to do. So real practical, get sleep, people, get some sleep, eat well, socialize, exercise, recreate, meditate, hydrate. All these things are really important. The more that you can order your body and your soul, the better you can prioritize the inner person, your spirit, the part that hears from God and connects with God. Now that our hearts know God, we want to obey, obey, but our soul and our body need a lot more convincing. <laughs> they, need, they need commanding, actually, because they will not follow God on their own. So make room, manage your soul and your body so that you are ready to walk in whatever act of obedience God has for you. Can I also say here, make room in your own perceptions and your mindsets? Because it's very likely that one day God will ask you to do something that seems crazy in the natural. The evidence isn't there. Things don't line up, but he's given you a word. He's asked you to step out in faith or in obedience. So can I say, make room in your perceptions and in your mindsets. Don't cancel what you think God might be saying because it's wild. Be open to what he might be saying, even if it's new, even if it's weird, even if it's different. Which leads into the last one, make friends. Now by this I mean journey with trusted godly people. Uh, Pastor Brennan shared early at the year in our uh, This Is Us message about being intentionally connected. And remember he shared four things to be intentionally connected. It's not a pop quiz, it's okay, you can, you can catch up online later. But one of them was intentionally connected to each other in true friendships. And this is what I mean by make friends, journey with trusted people. Talk to trusted godly people who want uh, to see you hit the bullseye for what God has in your life. This has been such a safeguard for me in my life. I know that we want to prioritize uh, what God is saying to us, not what we think God is saying to us or what we've just presumed God is saying to us, or even worse, what we've just concluded God is saying to us by a process of elimination. Well, this happened and this happened and this happened, so God must be wanting me to go that way. Don't rely on those signs. Rely on His Word. Come and talk to to trusted, godly people. Get good, godly people around your life that love you and that want to see you walk in this path, in the perfect will of God for your life. And you'll notice that each of these are make. Make time. Make room. 
make plans, make friends, because it's going to take a lot of intention. Every single one of our messages this, this series will take intention. Putting God first, uh, His kingdom and His cause first in your finances, that'll take intention. Putting God first in control of your life and in trust, that'll take intention. Putting obedience to God's Word and His will in your life, you guessed it, that'll take intention. So church, we've got some homework to do. You love homework, right? I think it's good because it actually, our faith should be active and living and growing and maturing. We shouldn't just be getting comfortable in our faith. There are times where God says, no, I want you to work and I want you to to, uh, walk with me and grow your faith in this. So we've got some homework, whatever it might be that God has been speaking to you over this whole series to make uh, intentional moves and actions and plans. The good news is that we have this promise from Christ when we commit to this. He indicated it in this parable that he was sharing in Matthew 25. In verse 21, he says, and this is the God figure in the parable, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I believe that this is what Jesus said to every single one of those heroes of the faith that we talked about earlier when they came home. And I believe that this is what God will say to every single one of us who put him numero uno in our lives when we get home as well. Why don't you stand with me, church? And we're just going to pray over all the things that we've talked about these last three weeks, because I have every confidence that God has been speaking to you about something. There might be many things and you might have a lot of homework or it might just be one thing, but you know, it's going to take some persistence. It's going to take some determination, some intention to actually uh, see that thing come to fruition. So I'm just going to pray together as a church that we put those things into action. We actually make some adjustments in our life, if adjustments need to be made, to continue to make Him numero uno in our lives. Father, thank You so much for this opportunity, God. We thank You, God, that You always encourage us to grow in our faith. God, it is a beautiful gift that You have given us and we want to steward our faith the very best that we can. So whatever it is, Lord, that You've asked us to do, Whatever it is that you've spoken to us about over these last three weeks, whether it's been about putting uh, his kingdom in your cause uh, first in our finances or in control or obedience, whatever it might be, God, we submit it to you. We commit, God, that we're going to do something about this. Lord, that we are going to shift whatever needs to be shifted in our lives to put you first in that area or in that area. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are helping us every single step of the way. We don't have to do this alone. You are our encourager 24-7 and you help us determine the word and will of God for our lives. And we thank you for that. We are so grateful for, for that miracle. So right now, God, we just commit our hearts. We commit our lives to say, yes, God, we want to be your servants in all things and help us journey that way. We thank you for it, God. We thank you for the fruit that's going to come, God, from these acts of obedience or these acts uh, of adjustments. And we praise you for it, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Honestly, the best way to live, church. We are going to... uh
we're going to wrap up uh, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Don't forget, parents, go and grab your children, literally grab them. (laughs) Uh, Go collect them from Kids Church so that we can get to the AGM and we'll see you next Sunday.